Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. All right, so Craig, Craig, how did you spend your Eagles Saturday? So I watched the game in the city with a couple of friends and uh, drank a couple of ice cold beers, and that was about it. Didn't I think that was the least excited I ever was for a playoff football game for the Eagles? Leading it, into it or during the game? Leading into it, the game was very intense, even though low scoring. But like leading into it, I don't know. It was a whole thing where we had Wentz the whole year. And now with Foles, it's kind of like the odds are very low. And like going into the game, you knew it was still three wins away. Now I'm pretty pumped because now it's one win and they're in the Super Bowl, which has a completely different feel to it. But like going into that game, I was just like, they're going to fucking lose to Matt Ryan. And it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be painful. And like, see, you just weren't excited because you didn't go over, over my place. We had chili. We had a, a tomato pie. We that had, sounds pretty good. We had green lighting. <laughs> I had, I had uh, a couple high lives and had like uh, usual party snacks. And now, it was, worked I, out. I gotta, fine. I gotta ask you, Craig. Uh, did the bar put the Flyers game on? Uh, well, the thing is, well, so I, I just watched it. I went to a friend's apartment. I actually did not watch it at a, at a bar. You know, I'd, yeah, you're just uh, ruining everything. I, I, uh, we also did not put the Flyers game on after that. I think I saw like 10 minutes of the Flyers game and it was in the second period when Paul Mary scored and Patrick took, I think two penalties. Uh, and then, oh we, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's exactly how we all wanted that game to go is, uh, <laughs> you know, Patrick getting penalties left and right. Nico, he's yeah. uh, running free and yeah, they really, uh, they really did good for the, uh, the way to really uh, Nolan Patrick bus talk, but that's a, uh, that's something we'll t- get into later, which uh, I don't think applies now. Um, but then I watched, uh, watched the uh, mess. that was the Patriots Titans game because uh, majority ruled and uh, not too, not too many people wanted to watch the Flyers devils during the NFL playoffs. So you, you guys chose uh, poorly. Yeah, I, I, I believe so. In my opinion, we did because uh, that second game was a mess. Even more of a mess than that was probably the, that was the biggest mess all weekend because the other three games were really good. I can't believe the uh, I can't believe the Jaguars won, but I'm happy they did because it's you know, LOL Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. Oh, anytime we can dance yeah. on the, the Pittsburgh sports fan grave, that's uh, good for me. Good enough for me. <laughs> and then the um, then the the Saints game was pretty good. So. Yeah, but Saturday, I just it was kind of low key, so I don't know what I'm gonna do this Sunday. Is Sunday if they win on Sunday? Is it a drink all night, call out of work on Monday type deal, or is it just kind of uh, just kind of wait until the Super Bowl to do that? I totally would have said it was a drink all night, call out of work Monday kind of deal, 
And then I learned that I have an 8 a.m. call at work. Oh, hell yeah, baby. See, I'm I'm not important at work, so I can call out whenever the fuck I want. Also, I just learned that I get five days off uh, full PTO. So I... Oh, baby. I might be using one of those immediately to drink a full 30-pack after Nick Foles posts four touchdowns in the uh, NFC title game. So... A full 30 pack, of course, of Natty Daddy, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, of course. Uh, it's uh, got the full pack of a small bottle of liquor with all the taste <laughs> of sludge from your bathroom. Natty Daddy. The, uh, Sponsor of the show, of course. 30 of those little wine bottles, uh, like the uh, the shot size wine bottles. Just do 30 of those. Mm, mm. Get the worst kind of drunk. So. <laughs> uh no but i i think uh i think that might call for um if they went on sunday that might be a that might be a call out of work on monday thing that's a riot juice occasion yeah or just use all my pto time immediately and just take off the whole week and get pumped so we're just quit i'd fucking let's do it yeah i don't need i don't need things to live i don't need shelter or clothing or food just knowing that the flyers are almost a playoff team is enough to fuel my existence steven so almost a playoff team is about the most flyers thing you can say, because <laughs> that's been their slogan for three years running four years. Been a couple years now where yeah, it's been a couple years, it's hey. been a couple years. Since <laughs> I remember when the flyers used to make the playoffs every year. <laughs> Back in my day when they traded away everything for players like Adam Oates. To... <laughs> Never had a first round draft pick six years and running. Thanks to that Bobby Clark. But thanks to all those trips to second and third round of the playoffs, it was my God, it was worth it to not have a farm system. So, (laughs) but uh, yeah. Well, I think this is as good of a time as Eddie to maybe introduce ourselves a little bit. We might have some new listeners this week. Might have a few. Might have a few. And uh, I just want to welcome all y'all to Fly Purbly. I'm Steve Jaco. This is Craig Forsyth, and uh, we've been doing this podcast together for H- how long has it been with just you and me, Craig? At this point, just me and you. This is the second full year. We second used to do year. it. Yeah, I think we started in the middle of fifteen, sixteen. We had uh, it used to be me, you, and Marcella for a bunch of episodes, and then we did a couple in twenty fourteen, fifteen. I think, but this is the second full season we're doing. Two and a half, yeah. I'd say. So yeah, and uh, you know, Craig's done a, a few other podcasts here and there. I've been regularly podcasting about this team since 2012, and given their spotty track record, maybe it's time to just stop. Yeah. By the way, uh, since 2012, Flyers not that great. So maybe this is our first episode and our last episode. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Yes, but I, I, we're on Broad Street Hockey now. That's so cool. Uh, I. I don't even have words for it. That's where there I'm at. But that's how now, <laughs> I am excited. I'm very excited. I'm super yeah, pumped about this. Yeah. And it's great to be a part of the Broad Street Hockey family here. And uh, I've gotten a warm welcome from everybody. It's been awesome. And I'm excited to hopefully reach a few more people. And Craig, what would you say people can expect from us in the Flyers talk department? So, uh, compared to the uh, podcast that features Steph Kelly, Charlie, and Bill, uh, we, and an excellent I, podcast at that. 
a very good podcast. Uh, they are very straightforward, stay on topic. Uh, some laughs, a good amount. Uh, we laughs are, are had the two of the biggest idiots, two of the, <laughs> the dumbest idiots out there. So we will talk a lot about the fires, but at some point we will go severely off the rails and start hitting trees in the woods because it's not going to be it's not going to be all flyers talk. Uh, we will eventually talk about random hockey stuff and random hockey players from like 20 years ago. Big but Trent Clatt fan right here. Big Trent Clatt fan. This is a Trent Clatt support podcast. Uh, bring him back. Love his golf I, tournament. <laughs> I've had. I've been a big advocate of bringing back Blair Jones. I uh, will listen to recent SOI, Asi Vanninen, and Carlo Koliakovo should come back too. But um, See, if you so- bring back Blair Jones and you bring back Blair Betts, you just have to find one more Blair and you have a Blair line. Blair, oh man. It, yeah. Dare I say, and you can murder me for saying this, Tony Blair, Blair line project. Yeah, I'm gonna murder you. So that's yes, that's five minutes in. We should let everybody know that I will, in fact, well, should get Blair Walsh then and just see if he can skate. Yeah, there we go. I imagine he would be put on that line and then just miss easy tap ins, so he can live up to his NFL quota of missing easy field goals. So, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much what it is. We're gonna, we're definitely gonna talk a lot about the Flyers. We, it's not as to the point. I guess uh, <laughs> this is a ringing endorsement right here. It's, a, it's a, look, it's a podcast and you can't, you really can't argue that. I know that. It's, for a, it's fact. a podcast. And you, this is definitely a podcast. This There's is no definitely around. a thing you listen to on the internet where people occasionally talk about the Philadelphia hockey flyers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve uh, knows a ton about pop culture. I know not nearly as much, so he'll, most likely dropping a few things that I don't know what he's talking about, but I go along with it. Uh, but I'm sure a lot of a lot of listeners will probably know them though, so because they actually watch movies and stuff. I I well, gave you up just watching. Live movies, in a cave you know. and watch yeah. flyers and cry. I, I just watch the NHL. Flyers. I watch the NHL and then I watch like prospect highlights and then that's pretty much my time here on Earth. That and then also uh, work my job. So. Now, but, Craig, with a regiment like that, one has to wonder if you're looking to become the new Pierre Maguire. Well, uh, I could definitely, I'm not going to say I could definitely, but I think I could be the Pierre Maguire of the the Flyers podcasting. That's what we're getting down to. I don't want to make fun of Pierre Maguire too much this episode. I'm not actually looking to make fun of him yeah. this well, episode we, because he's should... going through a hard time right now. Yeah, so he was and... talking. We'll we'll bring this up right now, but he was diagnosed with cancer uh, back in September, had his prostate removed on January 4th, and it should be back in February. I just like, we do make a fun of Pierre a good amount, mainly because just the amount of information he knows on hockey players not in the NHL is astoundingly creepy. But also... He knows everything about everyone involved in the game of hockey, and the, the thing about Pierre is, it's a little weird, but... You gotta appreciate the enthusiasm. The enthusiasm and actually knowing it all is impressive. It's just, it's annoying when he brings it up for things where like he is just trying to fit in, like the fact that he knows something and he wants to like let you know about it. Like he will, uh, like if Kevin Hayes has a back check, 
and it leads to an assist on like a breakaway goal for like Zuccarello, who'd be like, "Oh yeah, I guess he learned how to back check at Boston College." And it's like, "All right, Pierre, let's let's calm down. You don't need the like the, you don't need to work that in there. That's not really a thing. That's like he didn't learn back checking at Boston College or whatever. Like he he probably knew how to do it for a while, and that's why he's a pretty good player. But listen, we were trying to be positive about him, and you immediately go Duncan. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just saying, when you come back, just be better. That's my that's my side note. No. <laughs> but if it wasn't no. for Pierre Maguire, how would we know where Matt Reed went to college? That is true. How Matt Reed or any of the other five. I think he, uh, I'm trying to think of who he is. He used to, like, Proveroff a lot. Actually, I shouldn't say he liked Proveroff a lot. He, like, Everybody year, likes Proveroff a lot. Come on. Yeah. Last year, I think he was just a big fan of like the Flyers prospect group that was about to come up. Because I felt like on each national broadcast, he would bring up the kids that were in the Flyers pipeline like once or twice a game. So, and now a bunch of those those players are up, so he's not as excited. And they're already ruined. Already ruined. Already, already ruined. ruined. A lot of them, except for Provorov. Yeah. yeah, rest of them bumps. Patrick bust. Robert Hag terrible. Travis Konechny fire him into the sun. So. We had a, there's a brief glimpse of hope in this uh, darkness that has been the flowers for like the last half decade, but uh, it's all, uh, it's all gone. So all gone. And it's all Nolan Patrick's fault for being a bust. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's what, you know, people forget that he's a bust. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's what you can expect out of this podcast. A lot of negativity. Um, a lot of sarcastic and, negativity. At that. Yeah. A lot, <laughs> a lot of, yes, exactly. So this is not recommended for people who have bad sarcasm meters. Yeah. Which I feel like we're going to have to embrace for the next couple of weeks. Cause there's going to be some people that just go into this, not ready for so that. Should I, should I go for the ultra sarcastic voice? Nolan Patrick is just terrible. He'll <laughs> never play at NHL speed. First comment. <laughs> First comment. on Steve hates Nolan Patrick. Love Scott Lawton. <laughs> Oh, that was the best with some kid. <laughs> the guy that wrote the review for Fly Purple, and he was like, uh, we literally talked about Scott Lawton for two minutes. You threw out the idea of him as a 2C next year. And I said, no, oh, I threw out the idea of him as a 2C for the remainder of this season if they yeah. trade Valtteri Filpula. That's the extent to which I want Scott Lawton yeah. as the 2C on this team, is a fill-in for a quarter of a season. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I had like a three-word response. Somebody posted in the reviews like, oh, my God, these two won't shut the hell up about Scott Lawton. <laughs> so we're excited to read all your reviews. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get this puppy going. Let's, uh, let's talk about <laughs> you well, wanna let's, talk? let's talk about this uh, 5-3 win over the Devils real quick. Well, we talked about this, didn't we? I think we covered enough ground. Right? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much the main things were uh, Sanheim didn't look too great, played limited minutes in his first game and the only game in a while. It was his first game in four months, right? He's been in the press box for a while. <laughs> He's been in the press box for a long time. And according to Bill Meltzer, it sounds like him and Laterra or him and Lear are staying in after that uh, slap fest that was the 5-1 loss to the Rangers. Which it was is all surprising. their fault. Well, Manning played horrendously. Uh, I Listen, the man dog is not to blame for this loss. The man dog brings his heart and hustle every game. And you yeah. can't tell me otherwise. I'll hang He's, up and listen. Okay, thanks for calling WIP. Yeah, he, uh, he. I'll say this. <laughs> okay. <it wasn't> a, <laughs> Hockey talk 
<laughs> it wasn't a great game for Brandon Manning. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it for the Devils game. Uh, power play was two for two. Penalty kill was five for seven. Pretty undisciplined game. Second game all season with seven uh, power plays against. Um, first one being the shootout loss to Winnipeg back during the uh, very fun 10-game losing streak. So that's pretty much all we want to talk about the Devils game. We could talk a while about the Rangers game, but, um, I mean, I don't want to. I have PTSD from that. Yeah, I mean, it was a... Uh, I think Kyle put in his uh, observations the question of when did you turn this game off? And it very much felt like that game, like that type of game where it wasn't just like a regular loss. It was just something that you just couldn't stomach. It's it's knowing how bad the Rangers are and then just the fact that the Flyers got just trampled by them. And it was the thing, too. In the first period, they looked fine. And then they just gave up two special team goals. Like, it really not... is such a Flyers thing this year is for a period they look strong and they just don't come out on top, and then everything just falls apart after that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like they gave up uh, gave a power play goal, and then Jordan Wheel had an offensive zone turnover. leads to a shorthanded goal with 10 seconds left, which I believe was the Rangers' first shorthanded goal of the season, which is amazing considering they have Michael Grabner and other fast-ass guys that just on the penalty kill can break really quick, like guys like Rick Nash, so, who made his presence felt pretty well last night um elliot i i I feel like elliot didn't have necessarily the worst game he's had all season but it was a game where he could have made one or two stops and kept them kept the flyers in it um i will say the one the one positive and this is a sincere voice everybody uh nolan patrick looked really good last night and I know that's a very small, it's not really even a small silver lining. It's a pretty big note to take away from the game. He looked like he was, I want to say that was the most he's looked like he's had NHL speed this season. Like it looked like he was everywhere. He was yeah. How many puck. goals did he have? <laughs> Zero. So Yeah, and that's the only the stat day. that matters. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Shut you're up. Right. <laughs> Shut up. No, uh, no, no, no. I, I agree. Uh, I, Nolan Patrick, this has been very upsetting to me throughout the season is the garbage that has been dumped on Nolan Patrick for not being up to speed yet. 19 years old. 19. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. And he's coming off all the, the, the surgeries and everything. And 19 he, years old, 19. 19 years old. Not every <laughs> 18, 19 year old comes into the NHL fully formed, ready to go. And unfortunately due to, those crazy NHL juniors rules. He could only play for the NHL or juniors. No in between when clearly he could have used a little conditioning in Lehigh Valley with the Phantoms. Just, just a little, but just like, a little. And instead now, he's, he struggled and he's kind of had to fight his way and stay in the lineup. And he's actually been able to stay in the lineup consistently, yeah. which is a miracle considering Dave Haxtall. Yeah, but yeah, the fact is, Nolan Patrick is working his way into that NHL speed, and I feel like every month he gets a little better at that, especially after, would you say December was his low point? Uh, I want to say maybe so. Maybe yeah. November, I don't know. But I feel yeah. like in the past few weeks, he's really been amping up a little more each week and yeah. getting a little better, and he, he's he's getting there. And his game, his his line was the best in that game. In that Rangers game, the yeah, it, Simmons, Wheel, Patrick line. 
Yeah, his line looked really good last night. And it looked really good when the game actually was close and mattered. Um, and they, they were the ones who scored the only goal uh, early on as Wheel, Wheel uh, redirected a Gouda shot. So um, I, I think, and I think Charlie pointed out, Charlie O'Connor pointed out that uh, a small number of games, it's only six games to play in January, but Patrick has the best Corsi 4 percentage right now in those six games. And that was a big thing where, I for the whole season with Patrick for me has been you can tell the potentials there you see the flashes with the vision and the passing um, and just aware of where everybody is on the ice but like just going off his underlying numbers and his counting stats like he can't really say he's been good um, but now I mean now that he's if this is uh, any indication the rest of the season looked like he's he's gonna produce some points and have a pretty good remainder of the year so hopefully next year he just turns into the guy that we were hoping to get it second overall or look more like the guy that we know he is not hope he turns out to be, I guess. Right. Absolutely. And not helping the cause is how good Nico. He has looked for the devil so far this season. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't help. But, um, you know, early on in the career, I think, I don't know. Nico. Hisher's gotten the help a little bit of maybe more ice time. And not have the Devils maybe not having the most amount of options to put out there instead of Patrick. Like right now, Patrick is fighting for ice time with uh, Couturier and Phil Fuller, who apparently Hextall is a okay with. But well, I should real quick on Hextall, by the way. There are times, if maybe it's a bye week when they weren't playing, where I was thinking about Hextall, where I was like, maybe he's not that bad of a coach. And then once the game days come back around, I'm like. Oh yeah, he makes the fucking worst decisions. So like last night when they were down, the Flyers were down four to one. The Flyers are just absolutely lost and confused out there. Like the they're down four one, they just give up uh, a goal. Rangers are circling again. They look like they're about to make it five to one then. And Hacksaw refuses to change the goalie or call a timeout or do anything to attempt to change the momentum. Like he's just kind of sitting there and taking it in. I felt like that would have been something where he should he could have done something to at least kind of alter the maybe it's even too late then because you're down three goals to Henrik Lundqvist but still at the time it felt like he was just not doing much as a head coach to kind of like change momentum of the game and that was a thing that I think was very noticeable when the Flyers had Peter Laviolette and when I look at it may realize that Lavi timeout of course yeah the, the Laviolette timeout yes uh it made me think of if you look at a bunch of them, the recent cup winners, they're all guys that are, that can kind of, uh, kind of fly off the handle. So like Mike Sullivan is a guy that's pretty, ang- can get pretty angry, a little bit feisty. He's got, he can yell at times. Uh, Joel Quinville is definitely a guy that's like that and doesn't have a ton of patience if a uh, line's not working. Um, and I think Claude Julian's another guy like that too, that just kind of isn't, uh, We'll just kind of let you know when he's not happy, and we'll be very vocal about it. And John Tortorella too did get the Rangers to the cup, so I wonder if there is actually something to having a a coach that is actually kind of pissy back there. Babcock's like that too. So, uh, oh boy, are you calling for the return of one Iron Mike Keenan? Oh God, no, I'm not. That's not where this he is. He's the leaving. ultimate yelling coach. <laughs> Bring him back. Hang up and listen. How old? How old? I think is Mike he was Keenan? just. I'm we pretty sure Mike him. Keenan, I'm pretty sure he just, his last coaching gig was in China. 
Uh, yeah, he was the coach of the only Chinese KHL team, I believe. But I think he, he's like mid-60s, isn't he? Uh, it's NHL coaching. You can be as old as you want. Yeah, but I mean, if you're going to yell and stuff, I'm worried about a heart attack on the bench. Like, we don't need the, I don't know. <laughs> if it hasn't happened yet, Iron uh, Mike's going to be okay. That's the that's the only time I actually, like, thought about that. I don't know. I don't know if there's any merit to that either. It's just one of those things where I feel like Hextall just... 68 for the record. 68. Okay. So he's, so, he's pretty so close to a nice age. Yeah. Which is one year away. We'll check in on Mike Keenan next year. And we'll have a great episode about it. We're going to have um, a birthday party. Have <laughs> a Mike Keenan age party. Yeah. October 21st, 2019. Right. The Mike Keenan birthday. Or wait, I'm sorry. We want to have 2018. October 21st, 2018. Mike Keenan's <laughs> nice birthday. Tune in. Yeah, tune in. We'll definitely make a joke about it. So if you're looking for a moderate joke in about uh nine months see you're saying a joke i'm saying we're gonna do an entire episode dedicated to mike keenan oh it's one big joke the whole episode is the joke we just i think we just do an hour of us saying in different ways that mike keenan is 69 years old we'll have to think about it we have plenty of time to plan now we got nine months we'll figure it out um but i think so i think that was a big takeaway from last night's game was the patrick's play and then the low point for, for me is probably the fact that Manning is still staying in the lineup instead of Sandheim, and also that Hackstall just apparently just doesn't care. Like when it comes to attempting to change momentum in a game, it just felt like he. Because the same thing happened with the Penguins too, where the Penguins scored what four goals in like three and a half minutes, and Hackstall like after the second one, you thought maybe a timeout would come, or not a goalie change them, but like after the third one, maybe put Norberth in. And Axel's like, nah, so let's keep this thing rolling. It's going pretty well. And then in a matter of no time, they're down. Five Do you one. think Hack forgets he has timeouts in hockey? <laughs> uh, maybe. No, actually, well, oh, my God, he might, actually, now that I think about the Nashville Challenge, he might just completely forget. That, Do uh, we get timeouts? <laughs> I know they're something we get in football and basketball, but do we do we get these in hockey? I just want, I just want like the camera to zoom in on him once after he calls over a referee, over a uh, referee after a questionable call, and he just leans in and he's like, "What am I supposed to do back here? Am I coaching right now? Where am I? <laughs> like, what is this?" So just completely is, lost. Are you saying when Hack's coaching back there, it's like when the fill-in coach steps in in the Mighty Ducks too? Their their teacher, I think. That's what it feels like sometimes like charlie conway's got to tell her how to change him up yeah that's what it feels like yeah so, so. you think you think philpula's back there and that's the only reason philpula has an a and stays on the ice every night he's telling <laughs> hack like every little instructor or do you think it's dale weiss doing it no philpula weiss is out now i mean weiss lost that ability he's like, out but he's still there in his heart or maybe in an earpiece yeah well, oh man! I'm just yeah, saying. Man. Think of think of who did the crowd tour with Hack in Calgary. It was yeah. one Dale Weiss, the Dutch yeah, Gretzky. Think about, think about how desperate of a time that was for Dave Hackstall's career. He had to go up in the stands in Calgary with Dale Weiss to save his job in the middle of a ten game losing streak. This might be like the that. first time Dale Weiss has actually saved anything. <laughs> that that would be better if he was a goalie. That line. But yeah, it's true, uh, but I still have to yeah, throw it out there. It's still there, yeah. It's the first time he, 
Oh yeah, we'll get the save one. I can't think of anything better right now. So, uh, but speaking of Manning and Sanheim barely playing against the Devils, what? Uh, it seems to be everybody is still pretty pissed about Sanheim not playing over Manning. Which I mean, well, I think the biggest problem is the biggest problem is that he's just sitting in the box, not playing at all. If Sanheim was yeah. at least playing in the AHL, I mean, it'd be frustrating, but not as frustrating. I'd rather see like Will O'Neill sit in the press box or anybody but Sanheim. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I, I just, I wonder. Also, how... Andrew McDonald still plays regularly, and yeah, you know, that's I... that's a sick joke. Very quietly, I, I think everybody's just gotten to the point where they can't complain about Andrew McDonald anymore. Like he's still bad. This year, he is still bad. He doesn't have as many um, uh, cross ice passes to the opposition in the defensive zone to set up scoring chances. He doesn't have as many deflections on his own goaltender. Yeah, so like not blatantly obvious. Like By the what way, do, going here, but doesn't it feel like that's gone down a lot this year? Where the past couple seasons, Steve Mason had it felt like every other goal he allowed deflected in off one of his own defenders. Yeah, I, I think that's just kind of like a Steve Mason thing because I feel like when I watched some Jets highlights this year, it was the same kind of thing. And then Steve Mason did his whole kneel down, look way off into the distance, ponder the meaning of life kind of look. <laughs> so, like, I think that's just the thing that somehow always happens to Steve Mason. Right. But, and I, is that a bad luck thing or is that just Steve Mason not being a good goaltender? Part of Steve Mason's problem, I feel like, is he's really, really bad at... Little from column A, little from column B. Uh, finding the puck through traffic. Which I remember was a big thing of, of why I was turned off by Craig Berube, because he had a comment about that after a loss to the Flames. I don't know if you remember that in 2014, 2015, where like... Yeah, I definitely don't. Okay, so Nick Schultz literally was three... <laughs> he was a flyer. He was definitely a flyer, somehow. Literally three, like three feet in front of Steve Mason, not boxing anybody out. Um, and a shot. This from all the, sounds right. Yeah, a shot from the point got past Nick Schultz and Steve Mason. And after the game, uh, Craig Ruby decided to rip Steve Mason for not trying to find the puck when Nick Schultz was literally not doing anything in front and just left people wide open and screened his own goalie. And it was the thing too at the time. We're like, yeah, Mason could have moved. Also, at the same time, Mason finished with, like, a 9.28 save percentage that year. And he was the only player that was actually playing that year, besides, like, Drew and Voracek. So, maybe don't rip that guy apart. Right, right. Yeah. And then he also said the whole thing about Couturier and, like, how Bergeron does a bitch about, like, zone starts and minutes or whatever. But, I don't know. That was a whole... It, Craig Burby had a, good, a bunch of good lines. So, Dave Haxall just has a bunch of sweet, sweet line decisions that we all have to live with on a daily basis. But, like, right. I feel it, like... Baruby would go out there and just kind of chew the fat and be like terse and hack just the stairs. Hack stairs. And then he puts Brandon Manning on the ice. That's pretty much what goes on. He'll stare for a while. And then he's going to give a shit ton of ice time to Yori Laterra. So stop sleeping on the man dog already. (laughs) The man dog. Um, That's my favorite nickname (laughs) on the team easily. (laughs) Oh yeah. I think because it reminds me of man bear pig. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. So, so we need uh you might have to do some uh Photoshop with uh, the South Park Al Gore talking about Man Bear Pig and then put Brandon Manning on the uh <laughs> I'm on it, bro. Put that note down. <laughs> um but I think the thing with Sandheim is like if he doesn't 
I'm not super pissed about it now because I think Sanheim is still probably at best the third or fourth defenseman on the team right now. It's not like last year when Gossifier was getting scratched because he was just too offensive. And clearly I, he was the top two or yeah. three guy on this team. Yeah, and it was like, well, fucking great. I, it is depending annoying. on your opinion of Radko Gudis. Yeah. Um, but, like, last year it was the thing where, like, Shane Gossifier's goals for percentage at 5-on-5 five five was terrible. Like, it was the, one of the worst in the league. And this year, as Travis Sanheim just has an extremely bad PDO. So it's a thing where it's just like it's just bad luck situations that the coaches are kind of pinning on the player as their skill level in their game rather than just they're not catching any breaks. So that's kind of alarming. And really, if if Sanheim doesn't smell the lineup uh, tonight against the Maple Leafs, I'm going to be kind of worried because I, I, I mean, Manning looked, he just did not have a good game. Like, he looked terrible on the, I want to say it was the Rick Nash breakaway goal, where Gudis and Manning got caught. Um, it may have been more on Gudis, but still Manning wasn't exactly. Two stuck. things on this. Two things on this. Number one, for Sanheim, a man makes his own luck. Okay. Right. And number two, <laughs> number two, it's a breakaway. Yeah, I bet he did look bad. <laughs> if you're the defenseman allowing a breakaway yeah. to old-ass Rick Nash. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing. Like Rick Nash just split both of them, like on the neutral zone. I was like, all right. Um, and then a three on one. Granted, it's a three on one, but he also just looked pretty bad on that three on one too, and made a, another poor play in the neutral zone. So, like, if Sanheim doesn't get back in tonight, I I'm kind of wondering, uh, like, when he will get back in, and then that that I think that's when I'll start getting a little antsy and pissed about it. Um. The other decision, though, is uh, Taylor Leary got back into the lineup, and he looked pretty well. He had a pretty noticeable game for only playing, like, I think under 10 minutes, no goals or anything. Um, but Tyler Goldborn, we both talked about last Did week. you call him Tyler? Uh, Tyrell, sorry, yeah. Um, he, he wishes, or no, I think we wish he had such a normal name. <laughs> yeah, he's got a... Like, he's got a straight-up Game of Thrones name. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I, by the way, in the notes, I've put like Taylor or Tyler for Tyrell like three or four times. I think it's, it's Taylor Lear. Yeah, it's Taylor. Tyrell Goldberg. Yeah, I know. And we're talking about it right now, too. I think that's why I got fucked up. Um, but he got recalled uh, before the game on Saturday, which I was not expecting at all to play a. You weren't. Cool... You're on the record saying that. Yeah. Uh, played a cool 456. And a lot of energy hits. in that 456, I got to say. Three hits? I mean, that's can't that's, get more energy. That's almost a hit per minute, which is... That's got to be up there on top of the league. So, yeah. we're not going to reach, but... I look at the league hit statistics all the time. The league advanced hit statistics are amazing. Yeah, you and I both do, by the way. So, yes. Well, yeah, we, well, we, we operate the site that counts those. Yeah, yeah. Natural hit trick. Or no, that's a bad one. Yeah, Uh, it isn't. It isn't. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. uh, Maybe watch yourself, natural stat trick. Uh, We're we're coming for you with some really bad advanced stats. So Uh, he'd finished the game though with a sixteen point six seven Corsi four percentage, uh, one shot attempt, four or five shot attempts against. So not a not a good outing. Not a good night for uh, for Tyrell Goldborn there. But not great. uh, But energy. Energy. Yeah. I wonder, I feel like 
uh, I feel like what's going to happen for this Leafs game is Goldborn's going to get back in for Lear, even though Lear showed pretty positive play last night in his limited role. And Brandon Manning's going to stay in the lineup over Sanheim, even though Brandon Manning pretty much farted on the ice for like, I don't know, 15 minutes last night. So Strong uh, farts. Strong farts. Yeah, very, very noticeable farts. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see, though. Pretty excited uh, to see what this lineup's going to look like. So I'm not. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Will Yuri Laterra be in the lineup? Uh, probably. Yuri Guess Letera. what? I'm not excited. Yeah, Yuri Laterra, uh, I think, is going to be in a lot of lineups from here on out, at least for the rest of this year. I'm still is debating. He's got to be bought out. Any way we can put him back in the Blues lineup? I think you could probably drop him in there. Nobody would notice. Like, if just one time. Listen, Jaden Schwartz is hurt. Laterra, <laughs> Shen. Okay. I don't think putting Laterra on the top line is going to be an easy way to Listen, do it. How many people points noticing. did he get with that team? 40 points, right? Come on. Latera, 40 points playing with Tarasenko, yeah. Laterra, Shen, Tarasenko. Who It'll says play. no? <laughs> I, think the, up and I think the Blues. I think the Blues do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, the Blues say no to that every time because they gave up they gave up a couple first round picks to get rid of him. Yeah. Well okay. It wasn't so, so much the Shen acquisition, it was all to get rid of Yuri Laterra. <laughs> so this is uh I feel like this is an appropriate segue to uh something I wanted to talk about. And by the way, if you are a new listener, I feel like this is something we talk about at least once a week now. <laughs> this is our we talked about P.K. Subban and Shea Weber all last year uh, after the trade. And every single episode this year, we've talked about the Brayden Shen trade. And this week, uh, Greg, Greg Wyshynski of ESPN uh, went back and uh, regraded his offseason grades for each team, uh, you know, based on their transactions and everything they did. And the Flyers, he originally graded the Flyers as a B-, and his midseason regrade for the Flyers is a C. So I will read you the blurb about the Flyers, and you tell me the one thing you notice here, because I picked it up immediately, and my mind kind of shut down. So, uh, Quote, you know who's quietly been okay this season? Goalie Brian Elliott, with a 925 unit train save percentage and the 8th best low danger save percentage for a middle-of-the-road defensive team. So good signing there. Not so good. The Yori Laterra for Braden Shen move, which luckily netted the Flyers... <laughs> Which luckily netted the Flyers some picks. Some picks. Because he's 41 points behind Shen's total at the moment. And then in Prince, he's also number two pick. Nolan Patrick has only two goals in 34 games. So, again, the last night, the last line we're not too worried about. He's Nolan Patrick's looking a lot better. 19-year-old coming off surgery. We don't need to really talk about that. The Yes, the netted some picks. <laughs> now, well, <laughs> and, like... So there is this odd national perception that the Flyers decided to trade Braden Shen for Yuri Laterra and just happened to get two first-round picks. <laughs> well, that's... Let, give me, give me a break here, so you that... idiots! You idiots! I you dum dums! So. That's where I'm gonna give him uh, props because he actually didn't mention the picks. Usually, it's just but he, like. But here's the thing: he mentioned the picks, but it's just some picks. Just yeah, you he... know, like it, it, that. If I read some picks, I'm thinking like. What did they get like a third rounder and a fifth rounder? <laughs> yeah. No, they got two first round picks. They just had to take a bad contract back. That, yeah. Yeah. No, the, but, the, the trade in no way is a Yuri Laterra for Braden Shen trade. 
Only a lunatic would make that trade. It is so, Braden Chen for two first round picks and a bad contract back. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure he just did that to troll uh, Flyers fans. Is a noted Devils fan. Noted Devils fan. Yeah, I was just saying that at least he mentioned the picks because usually the thing is just oh it, it, they make it well, seem like it is straight up. Like, yeah, I can't believe I can't believe your Latrida got traded for Brian Chen. Is usually how it goes. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely I think Greg just fucking with Flyers fans. He also had that whole jersey rant like two weeks ago, and he also like did mention how there were Devils fans at that game, but he, then he decided to use the Flyers fan as an example. So he's definitely uh he definitely likes to mess with Flyers fans a lot. And uh, I think people uh people gave it to him on that little oh, line. About absolutely. The, uh, I mean that's yeah. just kind of uh, the overreactionary Philadelphia fan stereotype right there. Yeah. But uh, I did enjoy the way that he phrased that because it is funny because one of those picks that happened, that got thrown to a trade uh, currently leads the OHL in scoring. And um, is also talk about this real quick too. the uh, prom and put out his top 50 NHL prospects at the moment. And uh, Morgan Frost, who has 71 points in the OHL uh, leads the league in that. And second place is Jordan Cairo, uh, second with 65. Uh, Morgan Frost is 31st on that list, and Philip Myers is 43rd on that list. So Philip Myers is um, he's only played 24 games this season, but he's got 11 points and has a Corsi 4 relative of uh, 1.17. So also, the only thing I feel like Frost could have been higher, like 31 feels way too high for him. And it doesn't help that uh, Eli Tolvin is number two on that list. No, no, yeah, it doesn't. Just a little, but uh, well, Frost is kind of—he's a fascinating case because obviously Tolvin is the the guy everybody feels Ron Hextall should have gotten with that pick, yeah. and, and rightfully so. He's the number two prospect on this list, and Bronman knows his stuff. But Frost is fascinating because he went from a guy that people kind of scratch their head over Hextall drafting in that spot to somebody that's actually a serious, like, Oh, okay. I can kind of see it now because yeah. his skating's improved. His numbers are outstanding this year. And, you know, clearly there was some good scouting there. Yeah. Yeah. And it, his role increased this year. And I think that is a big part of it. And I mean, the, the Greyhounds are pretty, the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds are a pretty good team, but Frost is, probably the best player on that team too. So, um, and it's a thing where I, I was looking at the rest of the list and I, I really don't know who I'd bump down. I like that in front of him that I would say that frost is clearly better than, I, I think there's just 30 other really good NHL prospects out there that I think if frost has another year like this, or he improves next year, there's no way he's 31 again next year. But I think it's yeah. just because I think it's because, he wasn't that hyped up going into. No, he he's a guy who's like clearly rocketing up the list from where yeah. he used to be because he probably wouldn't last year probably wouldn't have even made the top fifty, right? Not no, I don't believe so. Um, and, and you know, you mentioned you mentioned those two, and you forgot the the goalie pick in there too. Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, it, we we can't say enough about Carter Hart every week because he's just. Man, he's just awesome right now. Yeah. No, he, he is killing it. And I'm kind of surprised that he is, um, that he's number two. Because I know Ilya so, uh, Samsonov is, like, good. I just thought that there was no way that 
Um, like, I, I feel like Carter Hart, the season Carter Hart's having is one of the best goaltending seasons in, like, junior hockey history. Yeah. And even his, so his numbers have dipped from um, where they were early in the year, and he's at a 9.57 save percentage, 1.44 GAA, <laughs> and five shutouts with a 15-3-1 record. So I love that that's a dip. That's amazing. Yeah. And he had a, he had a good showing at the World Juniors as well, right? Yeah, I mean he backstopped the uh, gold uh, gold winning uh, Canada, and he played really well in their loss to USA. But there were definitely points where USA was just running all over them, and he held his own. And then in the gold medal game against Sweden in the first period, Canada was outshot sixteen to nine, and I he they came out of that period tied at zero, I believe. So. He, you know, Canada is obviously always a loaded team, but he definitely he played a role. He played a role in that uh, winning the gold. So, um, and Samsonov is good, and he's been he's a little bit older, and he's been playing in the KHL for a while. I don't hear enough about. I mean, obviously, we're going to hear more about Carter Hart than Ilya uh, Samsonov, but but based on uh, it might be bias on your part, but based on your knowledge of the topic, you feel Carter Hart's a stronger prospect. I feel like the way Carter Hart's been getting talked about, it, it's. I mean, they've been calling him Carrie Price. So yeah, they've been drawing Carrie Price comparisons. Yeah, that's the whole thing is they're talking about him like he is the next Carrie Price. So, uh, like Sam Sloff, I feel like I usually still hear about other prospects outside of Flyers ones that are doing really, really well. Like I thought Carter Hart was going to be a clear runaway as the uh, number one goaltending prospect. Another, another quick note on the goaltending prospects, although I wish I thought was. Funny, mainly sad. Uh, number three was Ilya Sorokin. Mainly sad. <laughs> Ilya Sorokin, who is an Islanders prospect, who uh, the Islanders got that draft pick from the Flyers in the McDonald trade, uh, if I remember my draft picks correctly. So, <sighs> so there you go. Other the other pick ended up going to the Bruins, and the Bruins redact, uh, drafted Carlo, uh, Brandon Carlo. So, two useful picks. <sighs> That the Flyers gave away for... Uh, Thanks, Homer. Good old Mac Daddy, so... Mac Daddy. Everybody's favorite. Fan favorite. Fan favorite. You always see those 47 jerseys in the stands. Have you... So, I saw a Van jersey. You've seen a McDonald jersey. I've seen a Schultz jersey, too. Nick Schultz? Yep. Oh, man. Oh, that might... Oh, man. I feel like wearing a McDonald jersey, though... I, Nick Schultz might be worse... I feel like wearing a McDonald's jersey, like, there's probably one guy that's out there that's just like, I yeah, love block like, shots. <laughs> or it's just like, yeah, I want to get yelled at. Or like, he has to be that guy. That there are people like that. Yeah, so he's just going to be like, yeah, I'm going to wear this and people are going to talk about me. Nick Schultz is just like, he was quietly absolutely terrible for this team. Like, that's not somebody that, like, would have been talked about on a national level as being horrendous. But, like, that's a. But he probably um, should have been. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, that's a thing where somebody was like, I kind of like his play, and then he went out and got him. Just like Chris Vandevilli. That was another oh, one. Oh, this, this looks like a nice one. <laughs> yeah, 55. Love that number. Going to get it. Not going to carry his on the back, but... Man, I've I've never seen a uh, McDonald jersey out in the wild, so that's I'm kind of amazed that you did. Yeah. You, you, you did see it out there, so... I've seen them all, Craig. I've seen them all. <laughs> uh, so I, I just wanted to quickly mention with the these prospects is I, I've said this before, but I can't stop being wowed by being 
wow uh being in this period wow. in flyers history where the team is not that great every night but the prospect pool is arguably the strongest it has ever been at any point in flyers history i i would say so um the only time i'm thinking of that richards would... carter drew yeah and and at the time Ryan parent rj umberger didn't look too bad uh, That's right. I, you know what he started off really good that, He's that, start, his first that montreal series first, man yeah that that first tenure with the flyers was it's good stuff good times he, he uh, earned himself so I, that awful contract yeah yeah so um but yeah i think that would be the only other time but even then that was like what that was a year they spent i don't even think they that was like a lockout year right right we and we've been just having this like continual like i mean we just had well Provorov didn't really get to spend any time in the prospect pool and gostasper got what a year yeah i mean gostasper came up pretty quick um and then Konechny really only spent a year down there. Uh, Hag was down there for a while. Uh, Sanheim spent a couple of years down there. So, but it's the thing now where all these guys just came up. Like they have Sanheim, Patrick Hag, um, and even Taylor Lear is really becoming, and Scott Lawton, guys that were in the quote unquote prospect pool last year that aren't there. And they still have a bunch of guys that are anticipated to go in the NHL. Like Carter Hart will eventually. In the NHL at some point, Philip Myers may be up next year, if not two years from now. Could use a righty. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, Sam Marin still going to be coming up. Oh yeah, he's a guy. Wade Allison is. I I think he's a lot to be on the team. Yeah, Wade too, Allison's been getting a lot of buzz this year. Yeah, the Wade Allison. And meanwhile, you've been talking about Wade Allison for as long as I can remember. On this podcast. I have been a very big fan of Wade Allison for a while, and that was mainly just because when I watched his highlights early on, I thought he looked really well. I, you know, granted, you look at any prospects' highlights, you'd hope he looks really well, but I just like the certain tendencies he had uh, for putting himself in spaces to shoot and just the ability to crash the net and everything. I thought, yeah, thought he could be a pretty reasonable power forward. I did not expect him to be. Like on pace, I wrote the NHL E article two weeks ago. I wouldn't have expected him to have an NHL E of fifty points. So that's that's kind of ridiculous because he's he's killing it in the conference that's hardest to score in in the NCAA. So, uh, but they still have plenty of guys that can still pan out and make a pretty big impact at the NHL level, even though they're tough. Rupsoff, yeah. I'm not as high on Rupsoff as other people. I think we've talked about that a lot recently. Yeah, there's still a shot that he could come up and uh, do yeah, some stuff. Yeah, I, I, think, I think he can make it to the NHL. I just don't think he, for a guy that went 22nd. like He uh, should be doing better than he is. He is. I feel like he's going to be like a Manny Malhotra. Like I feel mm-hmm. like he's going to be a guy that's in the bottom six. He's fine, but like he's just not going to put up points. Uh, how can Again, we forget about the number one prospect in the flyer system, Will O'Neill? Will O'Neill, baby. They're hey. 1-0 with Will O'Neill in the lineup. That's all I'm going to say. They haven't allowed the goal. They haven't allowed a goal with Will O'Neill in the lineup. So that's all it's I'm good saying. good defense. Good defense. Yeah. So, God, Will O'Neill. I hope he gets one more game at some point. Uh, he won't. <laughs> but He won't, but it'd be a nice story. Yeah, it'd be a real nice cool story. If we did. Uh, but speaking of, okay, so 
Promen also wrote about the standouts from the World Junior Classic. I'm not really going to talk about Hart because he just I kind of already covered that. But German Rubisov, he had a throwaway line. And he said German Rubisov was a good two-way player, but didn't scream first-round pick, which is also actually what I, I just said. But he he also did say the whole Russian team outside of Klim Kostin, who's a uh, Blues pick, also kind of sucked during the tournament, which is true. I mean, that's fair. And uh, Rubisov has 31 points in 30 games so far in the QMJHL this year, and he has six points in his last four games with um, a three-point game and a, a two-goal game. So... Uh, yeah, Rupsoff, I, I mean, I think I, he did look – I thought he looked fine in the World Junior Championship, and he put up a fair amount of points in limited games there. But it's just a thing where, like, he's in his draft plus two year in the QMJHL, and he's barely over a point per game, which is kind of alarming in terms of point production. So Yeah. And so I have a question um, about Rupsoff is what's, – what's the story on his defense? Uh, I think – pretty sure it's i mean it's fine he it, the, his whole thing is apparently he's not too too aggressive in the offensive zone okay like he he's a guy who uh there was i think text all a quote about him being the third man high so like he's usually not a guy that goes below the circles or fights for pucks in the corner he's just kind of like a guy that waits for the other guys to do the work which is uh that's what sounds... we call him that's what we call a manager in corporate america <laughs> yes, yeah uh, sounds like a guy. Sounds like somebody should be able to change, but yeah, we'll see. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll see. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, with group stuff, I mean, main reason I asked about his defense is, I mean, it, it's disappointing, obviously, that he's not projecting to be a top six guy. But right. you can always use the bottom six guys. No, that's that's the thing. It's like I, I think he's still going to play in the bottom six. My thing is just. You know, he's a first round pick. Like well, now, that, the, now that Kutcherbiger Durier is a true number one center. Yeah. It'd be nice to have a guy project to be a, a bottom six guy. <laughs> well, I love that. Uh, I think this week at Broad Street Hockey, it was coincidentally just a Sean Couturier appreciation week because uh, the podcast was spent a lot of time talking about um, Sean Couturier. I wrote an article about Sean Couturier and then Kyle wrote an article about Sean Couturier. None of us talked about it, though. Like None of us were like, hey, we should do this this week. It just happened to be there. Just <laughs> it like, just worked out like that because Sean Couturier was like, is the best. Yeah, everyone was just like, yeah, we're gonna, yeah, fuck yeah, Sean Couturier, let's do this. So He's had um, such an incredible year, especially considering his reputation for just being a defensive, defensive specialist leading into this year. I mean, right now, Sean Couturier is on pace for 46 goals and 83 points, which just destroys all his previous career highs. <laughs> just destroys. Yeah. yeah, considering I think his previous career high in points was 39, and this, this year is projected to go past that in just goals. So he, he passed goals, like, what, a month ago? Yeah. Yeah, I think about, yeah. Um, and it's still January, so. Uh, and actually, I wrote the article about him on the multi-goal game streak and they, uh, and then of course he goes over in the game against the Rangers. So you're welcome everybody. So he'll probably bounce back tonight. Well, no, he won't. I'm going to say he's going to have a real bad night and he's going to not score any goals tonight. So that's the way to do it. Wink. Uh, but yeah, he, he's having a monster season. And I think that going back to Patrick, that's another thing that makes Patrick's play of, of late for the record, by the way, Sean Couturier is already well past his career high in points. Oh yeah, no, his career on points I think was thirty nine, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's a forty five. 
<laughs> yeah. Goals um, he passed 10 goals ago and Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, no, it really is ridiculous. Um but he so if he's the 1C for a while on a very good contract by the way. That makes a uh makes a a lot less uh pressure fill for Nolan Patrick to come through and if he's playing like he played last night like if he looks like this next year, I think the Flyers are going to be in pretty good shape with those two guys as the top two centers, and uh, then we can stop talking uh, Arizona and Scott Lawton being the future two C of the team. All right, <laughs> <laughs> just calm down. I just love Scott Lawton, you know. He's yeah, just, I know. He he's spent the true that whole captain of this team. episode. <laughs> I was like, Steve, can we talk about something else? You're like, no, no. I got 20 minutes left on Scott Lawton. <laughs> it's <laughs> obvious that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's obvious that. The, everybody knows Nolan Patrick needs to be the two C on this team sooner rather than later. Uh, it, it's just a matter of him catching up to speed. And I don't want to rush him to the extent that you can rush a guy where he's already at the NHL level when he's 19, y- you know, it, it's just something I don't want to force him into that role if he's not ready for it. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I and I don't think if he, but I think he's more likely to be the guy to step in there if they manage to pull off a Philpula trade, which a Ron Hextall's not going to do because he thinks Philpula is valuable team leadership or something. And I don't know b, who's going to trade for that. <laughs> I, Hey, I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, I think I'm still holding out the positive outlook that I think he's going to continue the Mark Streit, uh train of draft picks acquired. So last year he got two picks and Philpula in the trade. So I think this year he's going to trade Philpula for another couple picks. I would love I think that. Yeah, I think he's eventually going to – I feel like he's eventually going to end up with like seven picks for um, uh, originally just having Mark Stride as an asset. So It would also be great if the Flyers could just keep trading whoever gets the second A. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then next year, just put two A's on McDonald. Or I guess lose in an expansion draft in Pierre Edward. Yeah, yeah. Got kind of lucky with the Belmar one. So, ooh, ooh, might have to do a Bell Watch tonight. Yeah, I think that'll be. I'll uh, be there. That'd be a good way to. uh, That'd be a good thing to introduce people. So, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, we can talk about the other two guys that are putting up monster points right now too. Uh, Not, not, not too, too long because I think we talked about a lot last week, but um. Drew is now on pace for exactly 100 points, and Voracek is on pace for 83 assists and 98 points. So, Get Voracek going for that real Ryan Getzlaff uh, point total where he just gets, like, middling amount of goals, like barely above 10, and then just all of the assists in the world. So, <laughs> Hey, I'm okay with that. Yeah, by the way, speaking of Ryan Getzlaff, the Ducks are up 3-1 to one on the Penguins. Oh, now. yeah. Uh, shorthanded goal, right? Yeah, and somehow Carl Haglin had the puck in the crease with John Gibson outside of the crease and could not put it in. So, Oh, no. Oh, too bad. Pittsburgh looking real good right now. But um, uh, I did. Until they make that Patrick Reddy trade. Yeah, until they trade for Patrick Reddy and Tristan Jari becomes, uh, goes fucking The new white. Matt Murray. Yeah, it goes, it closes out the season with a 980 save percentage and uh, tears it up in the postseason. So um, let's, I do want to talk about, uh, in the AHL real quick, there's some pretty big news regarding the Flyers. Uh, Danik Martell, who played a couple games up with the Flyers earlier this season, a guy that I wanted the Flyers to give a longer look because he is a pretty fast player, and I feel like that would 
you know, Flyers get some breaks with him. Maybe yeah, he, he looked good for his couple his his cup of coffee with the team. Yeah, and uh, it does not look like he's going to be coming back up anytime soon. Uh, unfortunately, in the Phantoms Hershey Bears game on January thirteenth, he received a high hit from Colby Williams. It looked like it was it was a high hit uh, to the head. I think you could argue it was interference, and also it was a blindside hit. It was a terrible hit, uh, and Colby Williams only got suspended three games, which is kind of surprising. Because uh, when you look at the hit, I, uh, it's hockey it's not... cares about concussions, Craig. Yeah, I've said totally. it time and time again. They care. <laughs> yeah, apparently the AHL is just taking a ton of notes from the NHL, and they're just like, "You're fine. Just take a few days off. Think about it." Yeah, think about what happened. Uh, Martel, broken jaw, though, requires surgery. The surgery. Um, oh, broken jaw. That's terrible. Yeah. So, on a hit that uh, was pretty shitty. So, uh, yeah. So, it doesn't look like he will be coming up anytime soon for the Flyers, unfortunately. But, yeah, that, I did want to go back to the Devils game real quick. That I always Why? No, it was Real actually play. a win. It was a yeah, win. Was, yeah. <laughs> a win where a ton of goals were scored. So also surprising. Which is not a typical Flyers Devils game right there. Yeah. Um like, I'm I, expecting this this Saturday game to be your typical like two, three, one slog. Yeah, they'll they'll bounce back and they'll give you like a real one nothing game with little event hockey. So but I always bitch about how I want the Flyers to draft and acquire more burners, guys like Carl Haglin and uh Michael Grabner. Andreas Athens, so just guys that in a tight checking game or a game where you are getting murdered in possession, just maybe once or twice in the third period, a guy that can kind of break free and just get you a breakaway and just will beat the field in a puck race and just get a scoring chance. Uh, and I think a play that reminded me of that was the, uh, the connecting goal on Saturday, which was set up by a ridiculous pass from Provorov, but it was still a thing where connecting got behind the defense and then had enough time on the breakaway to get stopped and then grab his own rebound and score. So that's an example of a play I'm talking about when I want to see. That's why I want Danik Martell up as the 12th forward instead of maybe Taylor Lear or Tyrell Goldborn. Taylor oh, yeah. Lear. Absolutely. Taylor Lear, I, I, I had really strong feelings about him at the beginning of the year, but he's kind of become a, just a guy for me. So, like, I think he. He's just a fast guy. That's pretty much all he is. Yeah. So, and maybe that's what Martell is, but like, you don't and know. The thing is, you like, connect has got speed to burn, but he's also aggressive. He'll yeah. he's chippy. He'll hit guys, and he takes shots wherever he can get them. Yeah, and he's really good at holding on. He's to the, the only flyer who does that. He's the only <laughs> one who listens listens to the upper level going shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Each time, if you look at him, he'll just like you can see him glance up towards the. Uh, the upper level and it's just like oh yeah all right and i just start shooting the puck so this no, one's for you <laughs> south philly south <laughs> this one's for you aunt this one's for you tony from uh from south philly so this one's this one's for you mark from delco <laughs> <laughs> fucking delco uh did you ever see that speaking of delco did you ever see delco proper okay. it was like it was i saw like, yeah the always sunny in philadelphia ripoff yeah because uh, one... that's what it felt like. I watched the pilot, and that's yeah. what. See, the pilot was the only one that I like died at because I just thought that was hilarious. I watched some of the other ones; I didn't think they were as funny. But I did realize that I think one of the guys in the Delco proper thing also appeared in like the Fire Season pump up video that they put out on Twitter. I might have to take pictures of it so 
Do a side by side. Yeah, actually compare the two guys. But Craig does investigative journalism. <laughs> investigative journalism on something that literally nobody's asking for. <laughs> a, a journalism that will require a reaction. Well, of, that's uh, that's what the local news does. Investigative yeah. journalism on stuff that no one is asking for. <laughs> Dave Schrettweiser hey. going to follow this guy to his car. <laughs> they say this Chick-fil-A is selling too much soda. <laughs> and it turns out. <laughs> They're not selling enough. <laughs> is it's this watered some, down. Is this Wawa stealing money from your pump? And then just like the worst investigative uh, journalism on like, them charging too much for gas, you know, typical shit like that. You know what? I'm proud of my work. Then I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. Then I'm gonna look at it as soon as we're done doing this podcast. Listen, you have to have at least one aggressive interview with somebody while they leave their house and walk to their car. That's the key to investigative journalism. I'm just gonna aggressively track down Dancing Shawnee uh, and ask him about this video. Then I'm sure he had no Sean, Sean, hand Sean, at all. Sean, can I ask you about the Delco proper guy, Sean? <laughs> Sean, do you know? watch a Delco proper over there? You watch a Delco proper? What are you doing? I'm just walking. There were a couple episodes right. put online at some point. Sean. <laughs> Sean, you lost a lot of weight. You look good. Sean. He does. He he does compare the how big he looked. Uh, he does during, not look the same. No, he looks. Like I'm he in fact preparing to take his place as the fat guy at the back <laughs> of the stadium. <laughs> you and I both, buddy. I, I'm just waiting for him to ask. You know, I've been eating the cheeseburgers. Just waiting. <laughs> Each game I'm, is. I'm putting in the work. <laughs> I, I wish you the best of luck in your pursuit of becoming the new dancing fat guy, Steve. I I think you can do it. I'm pretty sure if you keep doing your method of just eating cheeseburgers and then going to the game and yelling at Sean, I think you'll eventually get somebody's attention. The problem is, you know, you eat those cheeseburgers, but then having the energy to dance does not come with them. That's why you guzzle down a sweet 16-ounce Red Bull, my friend. Do the uh, Craig Forsyth and you get back in action. So, <laughs> Is that what you drank right before the show? No, not at all. No, if I had a, are you kidding me? If I had a Red, we're, it's 11.44 at night. If I, did, if I had a Red Bull right now, I would I would not be sleeping until the weekend. So That's fair. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Did you want to talk about... Uh, another thing we've talked about a lot recently is Eric Lindros, and uh, tomorrow night is his uh, Buddy, number. So I will talk about Eric Lindros anytime, anywhere. Yeah, I feel like we could talk about him for a couple minutes. I actually didn't even plan anything to talk to him about it. Or I could talk for talk four hours, but yeah, well, I'll, I'll try and just keep it to a minute. But uh, yeah, Eric <laughs> Lindros uh, having his number retired, as Mr. Snyder used to say, if you were in the Hockey Hall of Fame. You get your number retired. That was the rule, pretty much. So, uh, Lindros inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame, primarily spent his career as a flyer. That's one of the big caveats, you know, like Mark Recchi not getting one of the various numbers he wore for the Flyers retired. But <laughs> yeah. Eric Lindros is remembered throughout the league as a flyer. He's certainly not remembered for his uh, maybe year or two with the Rangers, whatever it was, his cup of coffee, to use that phrase again, with the Stars. And Maple? <laughs> Maple Leafs, yeah. It was with the Stars, too. Oh, yeah, no, I remember the Stars days, yeah. Um, I want to say, uh, I think my favorite thing that I always see in the highlights with him is there was a game against the Devils where he lined up against somebody at a face-off and cared about the puck precisely 0% and just fucking bowled over a guy. 
And like, um, took a penalty. Like, it was obviously a penalty. And it was just funny because he just went up to the faceoff circle. As soon as the puck was dropped, he just picked up his stick and just like, essentially just checked the guy over. And you saw the ref in the corner of the screen, and you just saw the hand shoot up. So I just imagine if he just did that. I know he did it twice. I think I've seen him do. I saw highlights of him doing it twice, but. Just imagine that as like a big like fuck you moment at the beginning of a game when Eric Lindros, who has got to be like top five biggest people on the face of the earth, just bowls you over for no reason. Oh, it just message. destroys, destroys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was such an unbelievable combination of size and speed with a fantastic shot. There, there really will never be another Eric Lindros. He was just no. the man and. He's we've discussed this before, but he's one of the reasons that we're both so into hockey as much as we are. Uh, he's certainly one of the main reasons I'm a Flyers fan and such a big Flyers fan. And man, it's just great to see him be such I, I don't know, to be back with the organization and be embraced by this fan base and beloved again like he deserves because things were things were bad. Uh, I read a Pierre oh, LeBron yeah. piece uh, interview with him earlier where on the athletic where Lindros, you know, said he tries to just think about the good times and everything. Of course, he's trying to avoid that thinking about this celebration of his career. And somebody put in the comments like, what did happen with Lindros and the Flyers? I'm new to hockey and I'm just thinking, oh, boy, buddy, that's a long story. <laughs> that is a story that will never be like. I don't know. There's just way too much there. You're going to have to like read a whole book on that. Cause there's the whole, <laughs> this yeah, is not, this... nobody's going to be able to tell you just in the comments section. There was the uh, Keith Jones finding in the bathtub. Right. Yeah. And then the whole thing with the team doctors misdiagnosing him. But then it turned out that he wasn't, didn't it come out that he didn't really share everything that was going on with him? Like he saw, uh, I, for, I forget those details again. Yeah. I, I, I got it. Got to read it. Oh, no, subject, I know. But... There's a lot. And then didn't like. And him and Bob it, Clark and his dad and Lindros' yeah. dad all had this big thing. And um, there was always Brett Lindros, who no one cared about. I'm kidding. But <laughs> uh, and then the stitching of the sea that uh, Bobby Clark opened up to the public to put on Deja Dan's jersey. After. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, you know, Good Rico role. just loved that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, to think of you know, it's a, a minor miracle that they've patched things up and they're all back together ever since that Winter Classic alumni game. It's just oh, yeah. great. He's playing regularly in Flyers alumni games again. Uh, the Ducks just scored again against Tristan Jari. Yeah. All is right in the world. <laughs> it's it's great to see him back where he belongs and see the organization and the fan base because he got bad mouthed in this fan base for a long time too. Oh, yeah. No, it was, I think, back in the day, I, I, you know, growing up, he was hands down my favorite player. And there was a time where I just, I didn't like, I hated him because I thought he just kind of abandoned the Flyers. And now a lot more came out where it was kind of like, no, the Flyers were pretty shady to him. And, like, the way they told him to handle some of the concussion stuff was kind of ridiculous. And yeah, and like to think about what we, yeah, knowing what we know now. It's what they just completely atrocious. Yeah. So, like, I'm glad that it seems like everybody, it seems like him and the city of Philadelphia are fine now. And that's, 
That's good. I mean, he was one of the franchise's most impactful players, and he he should be he should have his number retired. So I did want to say this is actually one thing that we can thank Paul Holmgren for. Yeah, no, that's true. There's not we can also thank him for uh, Brzezgalov and Bobrovsky being gone and all that stuff. But yeah, we'll you know <laughs> that's uh, something I bring up every other week when I see Sergey Bobrovsky's numbers, and I go, oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I did want to bring up. He wouldn't story. have done it here, Craig. He wouldn't have done it here. <laughs> I did want to bring up the JVR story. JVR wouldn't have either. The story that I've talked about. I know I've mentioned it once before on this podcast, but uh, when I was growing up in Maryland, I think it was the 96 97 season uh, during the regular season before the Flyers put the Red Wings in the cup. The Flyers and Red Wings were on Fox. They were the game of the week on Fox. So Low puck? glow puck and i was actually able to watch it and i just remember very vividly uh vladimir konstantinov getting the puck along the boards at the offensive blue line turning uh and they had his back up against the glass and eric Lindros just demolishing him and it was one of the things where you saw the replay and you saw konstantinov hit the boards and then he kind of fell to the ice like it was a cartoon and then he just struggled to get back to the bench and could not find his stick and that it's plays like that that make it kind of like stick out when you think about Eric Lindros just because he did he would do something like that which at the time it was legal it was legal and then, and then he would As also unfortunately was the Scott Stevens hit that destroyed him yeah and then you think about those type of plays and then you think of just how many points you would put up during the season too so it's a fun player to watch and it's uh it's kind of crazy to think that there may not be another player like that in Flyers history, which yeah. is kind of upsetting. But It is upsetting. And uh, do yourselves a favor if you uh, still enjoy a good fight here and there and look up the Lindros-Barnaby fight. Oh, my God. Lindros-Barnaby, I think he, he got the best of Scott Stevens uh, one time. Uh, oh, he, he's... Did you ever see the clip of him demolishing Desjardins before Desjardins came to the Flyers? You know, I don't think I've seen that one. I'll have to look that up. <laughs> Actually, I'll find it for you right now and I'll send it to yeah, you. Yeah, but please do. We'll do please do. Steve, Steve watches the thing. We'll do that Steve right watches now. the thing. It's one of our favorite segments. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just the thing where it was a, it's like a goal mouth. It was a goalie covered it up. Desjardins like pushed Lindros from behind and Eric Lindros was like, <laughs> all right, buddy. And then just pummeled him. With like six punches. I mean, it's Eric Desjardins. Like, what do you? I mean, I would imagine that fight with him would not go too well. So, and it didn't. It did not go well. So, oh yeah, here it is. Rico, Rico, Rico. <laughs> um, did you? So, uh, are we to the point of? Uh, do you want to talk about the Olympic rosters? Or do you want to talk about that next week? How much is really, there to say about the Olympic rosters? Yeah, I mean, it's, I didn't really even look at the rosters anyway, so I was going to say we could Guy, talk about guy, guy, former NHL guy that you kind of remember, guy, guy, guy. Derek Roy. <laughs> and then Derek guy, Roy. Guy, guy, guy. Brian Gianta. Brian yeah. <laughs> fucking Gianta. All right. I sent the uh, sent the link in the bottom of the notes for me to go ahead and take a look. I was going to say after this, we could play our... Uh, yeah, let's, play uh, the, let's get that game play. play. Game. Yeah, let's so. do it. So, uh, Craig, what is the whole basis for this? What's a, what's our game system going on here? So yesterday, uh, the NHL, who always has a finger on the pulse of uh, their fan base and is really in touch with their fans, said, uh, Self, 
we need to get ourselves a musical guest for our all-star game that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Who is somebody that our entire fan base would love and nobody would be repulsed by? And somebody who probably got a raise after yelling this out at the board remaining was, uh, said kid rock. And everybody said, that's perfect. Let's bring in kid rock. He fits our demographic. Great. Everybody's going to love him. So kid rock, uh, in the year 2018, year 2018 of our Lord, uh, will be performing live at the NHL all-star game in Tampa Bay. Uh, January the 25th, kid rock, the kid rock live in the flesh. James, Alterius Rock? He, what? That's <laughs> is his, that his name, name, right? Oh, I don't I have no fucking no, idea. No, it's not. I have no idea what his real name is. I don't care. Kid, Kadarius Rockovius. Is yeah, that's it. That's uh, it. Yeah. Um, so, since Kid Rock will be performing live uh, at the All-Star Game in Tampa Bay, Steve, <laughs> Steve I'm going to ask you whether or not these seven people are part of Kid Rock's band, which is titled Twisted Brown Trucker, by the way. <laughs> they did not <laughs> go by that. Yeah. Whether they're Kid Rock's band or a kid of the Rock Flag and Eagle, a USA player on Tampa Bay's roster in either 1998, 89, or 1998, 99, or 99, 2000. So. Wow. So kid, kid of Rock. the Rock Flag and Eagle? <laughs> so Kid Rock. Or USA rookie for the Lightning back in 2000 or 98 to 2000. So. Wow. Okay. So couple th- couple you things. You went all out on this game. <laughs> couple things about Kid Rock, real quick, that I think you need to know before this game starts. Oh, by the way, I went with uh, his Ball with the Ball came out on April 8th, 1999, which is why I picked out these rosters. So um, I want you to guess how many people are in Kid Rock's band. I want you to remember what Kid Rock songs sound like, and I want you to then... I'm remembering right now. So how many people do you think it took to write and compose all of that music? All of that... All of this wonderful music? Yeah. Oh, boy. You know, I'm just thinking about all those people out in Hollywood. Um, This is, by the way, I might have to turn this off early. I usually keep the music on throughout this segment, and... (laughs) I, I can't. This is really bad. This is like too bad for even me. Woo! How many people did it take to come up with like the likes of ball how many, the ball to bang to bang? How many people are in his band? He has a band that like he writes music with and they perform for him. How many I'm going to say six? Eleven. Eleven what? fucking people. What is it, Guar? Eleven fucking people apparently, are in the Twisted Brown Trucker. Now, this is according to Wikipedia, which I know is not a reliable source, but also I want to remind you that this is Kid Rock, and I don't, I'm not actually going to do real research on Kid Rock. Because, who cares? Yeah, who at the end of the day fucking cares? But, so Steve, are you ready to play I this hope that's. I hope that's in our iTunes review. Didn't <laughs> care about number of actual people in Kid Rock's band. One star. <laughs> no journalistic integrity. Don't know how many people are in Twisted Brown Trucker. So, um... All right, you ready, buddy? You ready to? This is a game. I got back to the realm of games that you literally have no chance of winning. So, but let's see if you can do it. I, I did pretty good the past two weeks, and this is going to be an abject disaster. Yeah, this is going to be terrible. So, you ready? You ready? There, uh, as ready as I can be. Chris McAlpin. Only God knows how ready I am. Okay. Buddy. According to Spotify, that's a, a Kid Rock song. 
Okay, I was gonna say you pulled that off earlier today, and I was like, I don't know how you know this many Kid Rock songs. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, one of the first mistakes the Broad Street Hockey Crew did was allowing me into their Slack chat, and <laughs> I have everybody already hates me. I can tell. <laughs> well, if you fucking keep talking about Kid Rock, yeah, they might actually. Hate. Well, listen, like- I'm, you know, I'm gonna come in with a Kid Rock song of the day every day, and <laughs> and tweet out and just text out all the lyrics to it. Yeah, we'll Peace see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they don't hate you, by the way. No, I'm not. Uh, but seven names, not equally distributed. I mean, obviously it's not, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so first name is Chris McAlpine. Rock, flag, and eagle. Rock, flag, and eagle, my man. One for one. He was a right-hand defenseman drafted 137th overall in the seventh round by the Devils. Played 10 games for the Lightning in 99-2000. Was traded twice in that season. First traded from the Blues to the Lightning in January, and then traded from the Lightning to the Thrashers in March. He was born oh, in... Oh, the Ro- Thrashers. That's a throwback right there. <laughs> born born in Roseville, Minnesota. Chris McAlpine. Uh, one for one. Uh, Steve, the second one is Marlon Young. That's got to be Kid Rock's band. That is Twisted Brown Trucker, my friend. He is the lead guitarist and a co-writer. Yes, that's oh, right. Yeah. It took more than one person to write all those Kid Rock songs. Ball with the ball, the bang, the bang. This needs a second set of eyes, said Kid Rock after he completed writing Ball with the Ball. <laughs> Excuse me. Do I need to upchuck the boogie here? <laughs> what say you, Mr. Marlin? Do we ball with the ball or ball with the boo? What do we, uh, Marlon? Can you can you lend an opinion here? So, how many times should we say ball with the ball to bang you bang before I introduce myself as Kid Rock? I like to picture this going on at the way by like a like hipster like co- coffee house like they're all just sitting around their laptops mm. like let's break this down. <laughs> how many balls? Let's really balls? you know let's really tear into the, this is the nineties. These computers are bricks. <laughs> Let's get the uh, let's get down the brass tacks here. So, um, so you are two for two, um, which I'll be honest with you, Steve, pretty surprising because you you're usually terrible at these ones where I have to you know you have to name 1985, 86 Devils or uh, Red Wings defensemen. So oh, we're in the 90s now, my friend. We are in my realm. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Jason Krause will be with the third name I give to you. This is a tough one. This could go either way. Uh, I'm going to go with Rock, Flag, and Eagle. Finally, you are wrong. He is the quote-unquote metal guitarist in Twisted Brown Trucker, whatever that means. The metal guitarist as opposed to the country guitarist or the regular alt-rock guitarist. The adult contemporary jazz guitarist, yeah, I don't that's, know. I, no, that's a position I want in a band. The adult <laughs> contemporary jazz guitarist. It's just mimic Kenny G like sax solos, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I don't know. That's what that's what Wikipedia said. Again, I'm not questioning Wikipedia, mainly because this is Kid Rock research. So it, you um, know, it, it's crowdsourced, so uh, everybody's yeah. keeping watch of each other. <laughs> I just picture like. Kid Rock getting real fucking high, they'd be like, you know what, man? We need a metal guitarist. And then just that's how Jason Krause got a job. So, <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Number four. So you're, you're two and one. So looking to stay above 500 here, Steve. Uh, 
David Wilkie. David Wilkie. I'm assuming he also goes by. Can you use that in a sentence? (laughs) I'm assuming he also goes by Dave Wilkie. So. Mm. Mm. Hockey. Dave Wilkie was drafted 20th overall in 1992 by the Montreal Canadiens and is a right-handed defenseman. But he's also... No, he's he's a hockey player. But he's also (laughs) the jazz guitarist. That would be... Brown trucker nightmare... If only if we had one crossover guy, this would have made the game perfect. It really would have. Uh, eight points in 46 games for Tampa in 98-99, born in Ellensburg, Washington. So, for those keeping score at home, if you want to add that to your uh, Washington. I know you are. NHL know you players, are. yeah. Number five. You're 3-1, Steve. Number five. Dale Romaniski. Rominski. Sorry. Apologize. Back up. Dale Rominski. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to go Kid Rock's band. You are incorrect. Ah! Undrafted free agent right winger, played three total NHL games in the 99-2000 with Tampa Bay Lightning from Farmington Hills, Michigan. So, kind of embarrassing you didn't know that, Steve. You are now three for two. Number six <laughs> coming up. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> Number six coming up. It, this get, these two are going to decide your fate here. You just got to get one of the next two and you're golden. All right. So, Larry Frantangelo. Larry, Larry Frantangelo? Frantangelo. Yes. I, I, I'm pretty sure there's a Larry Frantangelo on 11th Street. <laughs> Probably gotten his his mail by accident. Probably ate a hoagie today. To be honest, and I with bet you. Larry Frantangelo plays keyboard in the Brown Trucker Band. Oh my God, you are so close. He plays percussion. He plays percussion. <laughs> so yeah, that's a four. You got four <laughs> spot right now. Yeah, I can't believe that you got you came very close. That, but yes, Larry Frantangelo. I thought I could get you with the, uh, you know, like. NHL player from Philly played like five games for Lightning or something, but no, no, you read right through it. So last one, doesn't matter. You already won the game, but last one, and I have to ask it because it's my favorite name that I saw in either the band or on these uh, Tampa Bay Lightning rosters. You ready? Oh yeah, <laughs> Jimmy Bones. Jimmy Bones. <laughs> Jimmy Bones. Okay, Jesus Christ. I, I... <laughs> Jimmy Bones is probably the one playing country western guitar on this shit song. Okay, so are you ready to hear his credentials for the the Brown Trucker band? I'm so ready. With Tristan Brown Trucker, whatever. So keyboard. Co-writer. Organ. Harp. (laughs) So... I did not care that much to figure out what songs there are harps. I'm pretty sure he's playing playing every instrument like a one man band in this garbage song. <laughs> yeah, probably. Just the fucking name Jimmy Bones. That's By the just... way, the true atrocity is that I've probably given Kid Rock two cents for playing two of his songs on Spotify, <laughs> and uh, I've actually uh, I have no will left to hear after I can't. 
I have yeah. no will left to hear after hearing two Kid Rock songs for the first time in a decade. Yeah. But uh, I I killed on that game. So no, you did. Yeah, five for two, five for five and two, five of seven. So that's pretty yeah. good. You know, even the Flyers wish they could be five and two. Uh, am I right, folks? Uh, oh. So oh. I was trying to think of what would be good job, Craig. Good job. More offensive, uh, I guess, musical guest to have, and I was thinking that um, if, if since the All Star Games in January, if you paid Steve Bannon uh, to play xylophone in a late late January All Star Game, but it was all Christmas music, and it was called Xylent Night. I think that would be oh the, oh god. I Why did you that, think of this? I don't. I was trying to think of what would be more repulsive than Kid Rock performing live in 2018. But then I also thought about it. I I would. I think I might pay money to watch Steve Bannon go ham on his xylophone. Like that. It seems pretty entertaining. Like that would be only only if he gets a styrofoam container of coleslaw, rotten coleslaw, thrown in his face at the end. Yeah, I mean we can arrange that. He's probably going to need money soon, so. I'd, so, but he, I, I, that's what I was thinking of. I thought, so Silent Night, so the Christmas. Silent Night? How long have you been sitting on Silent Night? <laughs> Literally before we came on the podcast, I was trying to think of what would be worse than fucking Kid Rock, and I thought of Steve Bannon playing Christmas music, so. And then for some reason, the Xylophones and Silent Night came out to that, so. But, uh, but yeah, that's the, uh, that's the game this week. Um, let's, uh, let's look around the league, Steve, real quick, if we shall. Uh, and we, you and I were talking about before we came on, but uh, I think the biggest news right now around the league is probably Corey Crawford possibly being out for the season with Vertigo. Uh, yeah, is, and th- that's something Flyers fans will be familiar with because Jeff Hackett had oh, Vertigo, Jeff Hackett. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, or he just caught the uh, he just caught that U two fever. So we had to make some. Kind of <laughs> oh, no, you did do it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I almost came out and just said but we're not tasteless enough to make a u2 joke and yeah but we, we called it u2 feet at least i'm not playing the song yeah yeah i think that's the thing we couldn't open up with that joke i think but it is, it's a nice tasteless joke in there. so um but so crawford's effort might be out for the year with vertigo um and that's according to mark lazarus who has had three people tell the chicago sometimes that uh he's dealing with vertigo like symptoms for the second time in his career uh, Friedman reported he might be out for the year. Uh, 16-9-2 with a 9.29 save percentage and 2.27 GAA. Um, this, this pro- if he is out for the season, this probably ends the Hawks' string of playoff appearances because Jeff Glass and Anton Forsberg are fine, but Corey Crawford is, has quietly been one of the best two or three goalies in the league over the last couple of seasons. I mean, I remember it at, from the, the first matchup with the Blackhawks and Flyers this season, and he was lights out. The Flyers peppered him. Yeah. And he was a brick wall in that game. Yeah. And it's a thing, too, where the I think the Blackhawks are second in Corsi 4% right now, but they play a lot. They play very high event hockey, so they trade chances a lot, and you kind of need a good goaltender, a reliable goaltender back there to cover up a bunch of those odd man rushers you'll probably be giving up in place of a good team defense and when you look at you know when you kind of don't have the salary cap left to sign good players yeah when you got to pay two or three of the top 100 nhl players in history you're going to run out of cap space so yeah um 
Crawford, uh, by the way, uh, had, let's see, what were those numbers? I was hoping, I was on one one site for the numbers and it did not provide them to me in the satisfactory way. So we'll look elsewhere. But I was going to say, they are pretty good in course of four percentage, but they also gave up a lot of high quality chances against. So I'm looking at the hockey viz heat map and all around, like below the circles and near the crease is nothing, but just where the opposition kind of sits and creates their chances. So it's going to be a lot of work for uh, Jeff glass, who is a pretty good story himself, but I, I don't know if he's, I mean, if he came out on no, if he came out on nowhere and led this team to the playoffs, it'd be pretty ridiculous. And also Anton Forsberg, I don't, I don't know if he's capable of doing that either. So no, they might I, be I in the market. They might be in the market for trading for a goalie now. But Michael Neuwirth, pack uh, your bags, buddy. Uh, uh, there is a history of trading for uh, between the Flyers and Hawks and trading. So who knows? Yeah. Corey Crawford, uh, nine twenty nine save percentage, two twenty seven GAA, outstanding numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll be a tough bro blow for the Blackhawks. Um, the other big news was Philip Deneau took a Zdeno Chara slap shot to the head. Oh uh, no! It left the ice on a stretcher, had concussion-like symptoms, and is now I think he's out of the house. Yeah, he's out of the hospital now and has day to day. So what is that? A hundred ten? What was it? I saw the Chara always dominates it. in these these uh, hardest shot competitions. I would yeah. not want to take one of those shots. It. I, the replay I saw, it didn't quite look like Chara got all of it, but it's still a slap shot from Zdeno Chara. So I mean, you're still thinking it's it's probably ninety plus miles an hour. Yeah, probably still uh, probably nineties. Yeah, so not not great. Um, not great, no, and uh, a very hard frozen piece of rubber. Yeah, um, Mark Giordano did not get fined or suspended, but on a on a hit that he landed on Sebastian Ajo that looked pretty high and Ajo is now out and definitely with a concussion. So, uh, he cares about concussions. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This goes back to the, uh, Danik Martel point that hockey just really cares about head problems. So, um, a bunch of, uh, so now we're getting closer to the trade deadline. Uh, there is news of, uh, Paul Martin and Jack Johnson asking to be traded and neither, the, neither, of the, neither of those players are really, uh, Tradable? Yeah, really going to move the needle in terms of uh, getting traded. So, uh, Paul Martin is 36. Uh, currently in the, I think he just got waived, so he's currently in the minors. Currently with the uh, Barracuda. Uh, he makes 3.825 million this year and 4.85 million next year. And he's played three NHL games this year and he's played four HL, four AHL games this year. Still with some kind of. Linging, lingering injury. I don't know what it is, but I think that's probably being probably old. I struggle. Yeah, just being old as shit probably is a problem. Um, By the way, I, I I like that I'm calling these guys old, and I'm basically their age now. <laughs> I, I called Rick Nash old as shit earlier, and I'm the same age as Rick Nash. Yeah, well, Steve, it's time to look in the mirror and say I'm the same age as Rick Nash. So yeah, which is kind of old, but kind of old. All, we're all gonna get there someday, buddy, and then we're all gonna. <laughs> We're all going to die shortly after. Well, maybe not shortly after that. I would hope. Jesus. Come on. I mean, I might be. If I keep eating these. uh, Whopper Wednesdays are not helping. (laughs) These Whopper Wednesdays and Red Bulls on top are probably not helping. um, I was going to say Jack Johnson and Paul Martin asking for trades is the equivalent of the Flyers telling 
uh, rumor <laughs> sites that they're open to trading Yuri Laterra. Like, great. That's fine. Whatever you want. Okay, great. Good luck with that. Guys, Yuri Laterra is available. So if you guys want to uh, zip In up In case you were wondering, and, and yeah. for the right price, Andrew McDonald can also be had. Yeah. Don't don't let that get out though. We don't want to tell too many people about that. So yeah. don't don't go telling Specters Hockey. Don't be going telling Darren Drieger and Pierre LeBrun. Don't tell any of those guys. God, I wonder how quickly Mark Spector would draw up a Andrew McDonald for Leon Drysaddle deal. Like, I wonder how quickly he would be like, these guys are fucking bums. Oh, I, I I already said I want Mark Spector to eventually dunk on every good Edmonton Oilers player until they're all traded until like in 2020, he's writing an article about how Connor McDavid should be traded. Even though the team is surrounded by like Ryan Mike Newton Smith Hopkins for Robert Haig. Oh boy. I would not be against that. We I live mean, in a universe where Taylor Hall was traded. We live in a world, in a world <laughs> where the Edmonton Oilers GM was gifted a generational player and is trying his best to squander it. It is, it is amazing that Shirelli has Connor McDavid on his team and they're not going to make the fucking playoffs. Like that's amazing. Astounding. Like that is, you should be fired immediately, but they had to uh, sign Lucic. Yeah. You just gotta, Hey, that's why the Larson deal was made so they could get McDavid. Kajula and Lucic, if he asked Tom Gouliette or whatever his name is. Let's also not forget their one-for-one swap with the Islanders this summer. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, Yeah, good thing Eberle didn't turn out to be anything special this year or, you know, a good player at all. Man, just he, I'm telling you, if Tim Thomas was not Jesus on ice in 2011, he would would not have had a second job. He would have been fired in Boston probably – shortly after that season if they didn't win. So I, I just can't believe that he got another another opportunity. It's just amazing to me. But Amazing. Yeah. Um, Jack Johnson this year, by the way, seven points in 46 games, minus 7.56 cores and four relative. So he's he's having a real bang-up bang up season. So <laughs> uh, a couple injuries of note. Uh, Victor Hedman uh, injured his leg in a game against the Flames. He's out three to six weeks. Uh, he will miss the game the Flyers have against the Lightning next Thursday. Victor Arvidsson was placed on an injury reserve with a lower, infamous uh, lower body injury. Uh, Sonny Milano was placed on IR. Is out four to six weeks with a torn oblique muscle. Uh, Flyers play. If he does miss the full time frame there, if he misses six weeks, uh, he will miss the next two Flyers games against the Blue Jackets. So... Kind of interesting. I mean, Milan is fine for what he is right now, but he's not. That's not like a game-altering injury, I guess. It's not like Panera got hurt, but oh, not bad. Um, Zach Bogosian out four to six weeks with uh, an LBI as well. So uh, Thomas Dundon, I don't know if that's how you said, became a majority owner of the Hurricanes, and all the fluff pieces have already come out for that. We'll see. Oh, how he's hanging out in the locker room. He can't stand losing. Yeah, he's a real he's a real uh, hardworking guy. That guy. Uh, he's just and, like you or I. Yeah, and until six years from now, when he wants to trade his uh, professional sports team, that he's not so much like you and I. Um, uh, Andrew Cogliano uh, made a, quite a bit of news this week, mainly because there's a lot of buy uh, teams on buys. Uh, Cogliano got an extension, first place uh, three years at three point two five million cap hit. 
he's posting all right numbers this year. One of the faster players in the league. Um, I know Charlie won that. Adam as a free agent would have been two against it, but that's not going to happen now. Uh, and also his Ironman streak ended. He had the fourth longest games played streak of 830 straight games in NHL history. Uh, and he got suspended two games for uh, interference penalty on Adrian Kempfey of the uh, Los Angeles Kings. And uh, did you see the hit, Steve? I did not. Okay. So it, I mean, I didn't see it until earlier today, but I think he definitely deserved the suspension. The puck was gone for like two seconds. And then he kind of just hit Kempy in the head. So, I mean, and then there's like talk of like the suspension not counting against his games played streak. And it's like, well, why would that not? <laughs> like, he is self inflicted. Like, he took it, he made a dumb play. Like, he's going to get suspended and it's all his fault. Like, why would he not? I don't know. I don't know how that became a discussion this week. But, anyways, uh, Vegas keeps signing people. Uh, past this season, they signed John Merrill and Derek Anglin to extensions. John Merrill, uh, two years, $1.37 million cap hit. Derek Anglin, one year, $1.5 million cap hit. A couple players claimed off waivers. Uh, UC Jokinen by the Blue Jackets and Logershaw by the Canadians. UC Jokinen, man, talk about a guy who's fallen off. That was a... He's been on three different teams this year. And it's not been... Not been a good time. Like, it just hasn't been a, a pretty season. He's getting up there, though. I think he's He used to cool. be one of those guys, too, that any any team would be welcome, you know, would feel welcome to have him. Yeah, like, it would. he was the ideal depth player, and he was pretty good on the Hurricanes for all those years. Or not. Yeah, he was pretty good for the Hurricanes for a while. He was pretty good for the Penguins for a while, so. Um, but, yeah, he's... He's uh, he's in Columbus now. And the Logershaw is not really much much to talk about. Uh, Jason Spezzo is healthy scratch. Scored two goal game when he came back. Um, Jessica Platt became the first openly transgender transgender player in the CWHL. Huh. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought they I think the NWHL had I think uh, the name was Harrison Barnes. not Harrison um, Harrison. Um, forget the name now, but the NWHL had a player two years ago that was openly transgender as well. Harrison Brown, I think, is what what it was. Um, but should happen in the NHL in about the year three thousand forty nine, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I feel like the NHL culture is still a little bit further away from that. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's an understatement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Hobie Baker voting began yesterday. Uh, Tanner Lazinski. Uh, Cooper Marodi and Wade Allison are all top seven in scoring in the NCAA. Taren Lozinski leads the NCAA in assists, uh, has 34 points in 24 games. Cooper Marodi is second in the NCAA in assists, uh, is tied for third with 31 points in 22 games. Um, and Wade Allison is tied for sixth with 30 points in 22 games, has 15, 15 goals, which is tied for seventh. So. Um, all those guys should probably be in the running for the Hobie Baker Award, which is kind of insane to have three prospects for the same team. So, I might have to do some research and figure out when the last time that happened. So, as I was saying before, it never been a period like this in Flyers history. Yeah, and these are guys like uh, Tanner Lozinski and Cooper Marody really aren't even the guys that a lot of people talk about when it comes to um, 
high-end prospects. People talk about them, but it's still Carter Hart and Samarin and like Verobiev and Patrick had talked before, talked about before them. So, um, yeah, pretty exciting. We'll have to see. And Wade Allison and Tanner Lazinski are only uh, sophomores, so it's kind of crazy that uh, that they're already in the running for being like the best collegiate player. Um, Matt Murray, I think we talked about it briefly earlier on. Uh, his father passed away yesterday, so he's going to be out and definitely uh, dealing with that. Uh, Penguins currently have the lowest even strength save percentage in the NHL. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of that is Murray because Murray's at 904 and Tristan Jarry's at 924. So, um, And then the Cap Stadium is here in Jersey. Did you see this? Just looking at this now, and it's that not, is a hockey it's jersey. Something. You can't argue that. It's definitely a hockey jersey. Uh, it's not. You know what? I kind of like it a little bit. Just because it's so gross, like I am just a fan. <laughs> I'm a apparently fan of bad hockey jerseys, so. Apparently, it's paying homage to the navy. Yeah, na- well, I mean, navy's colors are predominantly blue and gold, so that makes sense. It's just a weird design, though. It definitely and, is. Uh, it, it feels like a practice, like a practice jersey, kind of. But it doesn't it feel like? Because I think a lot of the major sports jersey rights changed in the past year. And doesn't it feel like they've all been making like kind of weird decisions? All the companies that took over, like Reebok, wasn't perfect for the NHL, but I don't know. Like it feels yeah. like Adidas is just like those All Star jerseys look horrible. Yeah, I mean, um, no, I agree. It, it's not like it's really gotten better. Like it wasn't a change for the better, but I mean, again, it's the NHL. I don't know how many times we say that a change has been made and it's for the better. Like, I feel like everything the NHL does always ends up being the worst option. So yeah. Like kid rock. Yeah. Like kid rock. Even some dumb. Yeah. Like musical performances. And even something like jerseys that nobody was like, we got to fix these goddamn jerseys. It was just kind of like, you know what? We don't need the touch at all is the jerseys. Let's make them worse because Gary Bettman is the worst. Gary, 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 that's it for the around the league news. Steve, I want to ask you one question that I think I heard. I think they were talking about it on Biscuits, the uh, Dave Wilson podcast. But I'm going to ask you, because I've been thinking about it for the last couple of days. What team in the NHL do you think has been the biggest disappointment this year? And there are the Philadelphia four, Flyers. There are four teams I can think of. And actually, no, the OK, wait, wait, I'm going to just go off the top of my head without looking at the standings. Oilers. That's the well, that's one of them. Penguins. I, you know, I wasn't thinking Penguins, but yeah, the Penguins could be out there. I mean, they're not in first or second in their division. Yeah, that is definitely a thing. Yeah, they're supposed to and be. They have three. Sidney Crosby. <laughs> yeah, they got a yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't know. The Flyers are disappointing, but honestly, they're pretty much right where you'd expect them to be. Yeah, oh yeah, this wasn't. This was not at all a Flyers thing. This was just a league thing. I'm not... Oh, yeah, yeah, I figured. I'm just analyzing yeah. it as a Flyers fan, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, as a Flyers fan, your first instinct is to go, the Flyers are the most disappointing case closed. <laughs> they make me mad. Uh, yeah. No, no, Oilers have to be number one. 
I think uh, I, put I would put the Penguins up there. Uh, All right, I'm going to cheat and look at the stand. Oh, uh, Chicago Blackhawks. See, I thought Chicago is going to be a borderline playoff team to go into the season, so I'm not too surprised with where they're at. I guess. Um, I I was thinking the Senators. Um, because they were not, a team that was, see that was a team that I was just like I'm not that surprised by their fall from Greece here. I thought it was still going to be they were going to be in the playoffs again. They're just going to be a three seed and they weren't going to go on a fucking miracle run like last year. But like they, I think it's just uh, everything around them in terms of like Melnick being like I'm going to sell the team. They make the Deshane trade and it's really not even like they were maybe the third most successful team in that three team trade. <laughs> And there's just like, um, and it's just the fact that it feels like they're going to lose Carlson in two years. Oh, for sure. And, uh, and the, they've just played like, they have like a horrendous stretch of games too, where they were like, they won like what, one of 15 games or something? Like, it's just, yeah. I feel like this year's been like to be within one goal of the Stanley Cup final to drop off to this is kind of. It's a terrible fall. Yeah. I was thinking, so them, Oilers. Montreal would be the other team up there for me. Montreal has a pretty good case. Montreal should have been in the playoffs. Or they could have been in the playoffs, but yeah, they they're definitely yeah, there's something this year too. Um, I was thinking, and this is again not maybe the biggest fall off in terms of expectations and everything, but I thought both these teams would have been maybe borderline playoff teams, but the Sabers and Coyotes, like I thought, like the Sabers, I feel like are getting to the point where like they shouldn't be this bad anymore. Yeah, no, I like, thought the Sabres were at least going to take a step forward, and they've been horrible. Horrible. Like, it's still to the point where it's like Jack Eichel is involved on, like, every point, and they're not. Like, he, they they have, I think they still they're have. They're probably going to trade Evander Kane. Yeah. Evander Kane is, like, the least. Whenever people talk about trading Evander Kane, I feel like he's been, like, the biggest rumored name to, like, get traded for the last however many years. Like, Evander Kane being on the move is the least surprising name. Sure, ever. sure. Yeah, but, like, no, he will be. He should be. They should trade a bunch of pieces because it's, it's just not working, and they got to figure out something there. Um, and then the Coyotes, too. I thought they would at least be a little bit better, especially because they traded for Derek Stepan and Ranta, and they added Jomerson to the Mayors, and they brought up Clayton Keller. Maybe they should have just kept that pick. Maybe. They, I mean, they probably should have. Yeah, like, they made a bunch of moves that made it seem like they are going to be on the verge of making the playoffs. But they probably did it, like, two years too early. Like, they should have been doing They should have been doing this in a couple of years when, like, Strom and uh, Fisher and Domi had all had, like, more time in the NHL. But, oh, well. Um, but yeah, yeah, Penguins is a pretty good one, too, actually, when I think about it. Because, uh... Yeah, this should have been another year where it was like Caps, Penguins were locks for one and two in the, the division. And Penguins, uh, they're technically in the playoffs right now, but they kept, they've played more games and uh, not that many more points than the Flyers were. No, and, you know, two Cro- on the by Crosby's standards, he's underperformed. Uh, they yeah. have not been sound defensively at all. And their goaltending is obvious. You know, we've talked about their goaltending. It has not been up to snuff. No, yeah, it's uh, it is kind of interesting to see what they'll do. They'll probably make one or two poor trades. They'll get like other depth defensemen here. Probably gonna look pretty well for them, like uh, like Ian Cole and um, Justin Schultz have looked. So, 
And they'll probably still make the playoffs and then make a run because this is uh this is sports, baby. This is what we do. This is the worst parity. <laughs> yeah. So um and you know what? Uh Steve, was there anything else you really wanted to talk about right now? So I was gonna I'm good, say pal. I'm good. Okay, I was gonna say we could bring back because now it's become a conversation again, and we can bring it back because it's been a staple on this podcast for a while of uh, concluding the podcast with a certain question, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, Steve, do you think do you think our Philadelphia Flyers are a playoff team this year? Oh, boy. Uh, nah. I think I... they can. I think they can. I think they're in a, a half-decent position, especially considering how close the Metro is. And the fact is... Everybody who's going to make the playoffs in the uh, Atlantic is uh, in a spot for it already. Yeah, like the, nothing changed with the Atlantic. Um, it's really just going to come down to the dogfight that is like the Flyers, Penguins, Islanders, and Rangers. Um, I and hey, hey, do not put the devils above this fray either. <laughs> yeah, have well, you looked look, at the standings? Hey, look, look, we we got to go one episode where we don't completely eviscerate the devils. So I was going to make it this episode. <laughs> We'll okay, get back. I think they actually won last night, so they jumped a little bit ahead. But yeah, we'll we'll get back on the Devils' hate train soon enough. Uh, now they're gonna fall apart hate, at some hate, point hate. this season. Yeah, I think yeah, I think they're gonna just miss. I feel like this season's building up to be the uh, one point out of the playoffs, like the closest team to make to miss the playoffs to not be in the playoffs. So, uh, and I feel like it's gonna be something real painful too. Like they're they're gonna be in a playoff spot in the last week. And then lose in regulation on the final game to miss the postseason by a point. So I can't dunk on the Devils either because they actually have a game in hand on the Flyers. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Points, it's so. it's too early to start talking about the the Devils going down the well, stand. When they when the Flyers beat the Devils on Saturday, we'll talk again. So. Yeah, there it, it is. That's I, I just I just guaranteed a three one loss. Absolutely, a or three nothing. Corey Schneider uh, shutout, and I'm sorry. Uh, two nothing shutout. Uh, Flyers have 13 shots on goal. Devils have 16. And that's like, great. There's like five shots in the third period, and that's that's Devils Flyers hockey right there. So, yeah. Uh, that's all I got, Steve. That's all. Uh, that's all the hockey we can talk about this week. That's, that's all the hockey we can talk about. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, just a quick look at the Flyers' schedule, and uh, that is that. But the Flyers play tomorrow night, or tonight, depending on when you're listening to this, against the Toronto Maple Leafs, the uh, 7 p.m. game. And, of course, that is Eric Lindros' jersey retirement night. So 88 p.m. retired. It's a beautiful thing. Enjoy yourself if you are going. I am not and wish I was. Yeah. Uh, January 20th, uh, New Jersey Devils at home, 1 p.m., as we were saying, sounds terrible. Don't buy tickets. If they're given to you for free, consider it. Yeah, I might buy tickets. I'm feeling it. Uh, I feel like you torture myself early on a Saturday. So. They are a more exciting team this year. I'll give them that. But Yeah, no, they are. So. It, it still won't end well. No. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> and then uh, the Flyers head a, a few hours south to Washington. Take on the Caps on a rivalry midday. No, I don't think it's rivalry. I think it's just... NBC featured game or something, but uh, yeah. take on the Capitals at twelve thirty, and that's how you can start your Eagles NFC Championship Sunday. Yeah, uh, and the Capitals way they're at the you know they're looking pretty good again, but some of their underlying numbers aren't that great. But they're uh, they're still at the top of the division now, so 
you know, that's what the Caps yeah. do. They they finish with the best record in hockey and promptly lose in the fall part of the, the first round. Yeah. yeah. So. Anywhere outside the Stanley Cup final, they lose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that can. Is that the first game since the A2 win between the Caps and Flyers? I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. They they yeah, go very heavy on the division for this last stretch of the yeah. schedule after they've already faced all the Western conference teams, right? I believe so. Uh, they got to play the coyotes and Arizona. Great. And then and I think they take a Vegas trip too, right? Yeah. They got to go to Vegas too. Um, I think I want to say that's it. I want to say that's it. But yeah, besides that, that's the one that, uh, that Steph and Kelly are headed out to Vegas for, right? Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of people are going out there. Yeah. So I think it's at uh February eleventh, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so if you uh if you have money uh and you enjoy uh hockey and also I the don't Broad and Street I don't hockey crew. <laughs> but you do but you I believe you do like the Broad Street hockey crew. I believe Yes, so yes, one, I do like that. Well. One out of three, and I believe there will probably be a little bit of drinking on that trip. So if you like drinking too, that's half of the things on that list you like, so See, I like drinking, uh, yeah. but I can't afford to. Yeah. <laughs> Went the road trip out there <laughs> <laughs> just to get obliterated. But yeah, uh, yeah, look into going out to Vegas with them. Sounds like it's going to be a pretty good No, time. it sounds awesome. I'm I'm yeah. very jealous of that trip. That sounds incredible. Uh Oh, Colorado, I think, is another team they haven't played out in. Oh, God. Colorado, they still have yeah. a team. Yeah, they do. Looks, they look a little bit better this year, actually. They, that could be a most improved team because they went from being the worst team in the third team NHL era to uh, possibly the playoffs. So I think I'm, I think I'm going with the uh, with the Jets rather. Jets are a pretty big improvement. Uh, also, the the Vegas Knights went from Golden Knights went from not having a hockey team to one of the best teams in hockey. No, that, that counts which, as best, most improved. <laughs> which might be the biggest improvement in the history of sports. So. Yeah. <laughs> To a year ago, not having a team to all speed, even that sport, <laughs> all speed. Yep, that's pretty much all they are. So, call up Danik Martell. That's what the end of this podcast should be. So, just get some speed in the system. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, your next few games, and we will be back next week, probably the same time and channel, all yeah. that stuff. So, uh. If you have any feedback for our show, the best place to reach us is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yep. Uh, they are, well, I mean, after last night's game, they're pretty bad, so. No, they're bad again. They're bad again. Yeah, hopefully, yeah they're bad again. Hopefully, the next time we speak to you, sports are great, but for now, sports are bad, and Craig's yeah. Twitter handle is the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. You can reach you can reach me uh, either at Estebaum or at Flyperbole. And uh, be sure, of course, to follow the Broad Street Hockey account, although I'm sure you're following it already. Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty... Well, kind of weird if you knew about us but did not know about Broad Street Hockey. That would be a unique... Uh, I would be unique... straight up bonkers, I think. Yeah, so, but... but, but hey, follow if, it. Follow it. Yeah, if that is the case, yeah, get, start following Broad Street Hockey. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and of course, uh, be sure to like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook as well. Yep. All and right. if you so desire, you can try and reach me at flyperbole at gmail.com. 
that's the email address that we really should both be monitoring and i don't even know how to access far better it, so. i i will provide you with the information it's, okay <laughs> it's not rocket science <laughs> yeah you're right it's only email so i should be able to figure it out but who knows you have an email bro uh do i yeah i uh i will not be sharing it on this podcast though <laughs> i don't need uh <laughs> fair enough yeah <laughs> all right guys well we do thank you for listening and until next time, as always, good night and good hockey. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out. And if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.